This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 663, like, um, basically, uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about crutch words and how to get rid of them. Is it even possible? We'll find out. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where we help you massage your message. We help you tackle the technology, face your fears, and flatten the learning curve and get you not just podcasting because you can go watch a bunch of old outdated YouTube videos and do that. I help you podcast in the right direction. Who has enough time to do it twice? Not me. So when you're ready to get going in the right direction, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and sign up for either a monthly or yearly, or if you want, a la carte uh, subscription out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Today we're going to be talking about editing out crutch words, and I've got a great tool for you. It's called Alatu. And it is, well, let's look at it this way. It's called a podcast maker. But what if Adobe Audition and WordPress had a baby? You'd have this really cool web-based version of an editor. And so it automates the production and publishing and podcasting, and it offers a tool to make the editing quicker and easier. Super simple. You record. The show is normal. You can actually even record right there on the web if you want. But if you want, you could record it locally, then upload the recording to Alitu. It then processes the levels. It converts them all. It puts in pieces, parts, everything together, including adding your theme music automatically. And you can then publish directly to your podcast host. In fact, they just added BuzzFeed. And if you need to edit out any ums and you know, you'll hear about those in just a second. That's right. You can use Alitu's custom podcast editing tool to do just that before creating your finished episode. The idea behind Alitu is to make podcasting quick and simple, and you remove a bunch of the tech barriers, and it lets you concentrate on the bit you do best, talking about something you love. So Alitu, it's A-L-I-T-U dot com. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of the School of Podcasting. And today... We are talking about something I think that we all have, and that is crutch words. So crutch words are things like, um, and you know, and many moons ago, I was a copier technician and I was riding around as a trainee. And it turns out that at that point, my crutch phrase was basically, it's a case of. So somebody would say something and I'd go, oh, well, basically it's a case of. And after riding around with this guy for like three days, I would go, well, basically, and he'd look at me and go, it's a case of, and I'd be like, um, yeah. And I would say something else and he'd be like, well, basically, and he goes, it's a case of, and I'm like, yeah. So part of it is understanding that, well, you got a crutch word. And so step one is kind of acknowledging that, ah, I didn't realize I said that all the time. What's kind of interesting is In some cases, we inherit crutch words or just phrases. My dad used to say, are you ready for this? And the other day, 
uh, my brother said that. And I'm like, oh man, you're starting to sound like dad. And we both like shrieked in fear. Like, oh my God, we're turning into our parents. So I asked you, I said, hey, what's your crutch word? And what are you doing to try to get rid of it, if anything at all? And we're going to start off with fellow teacher Craig from Inglea's podcast. Hi, Dave. It's Craig here from Inglea'spodcast.com answering your question of the month about crutch words. Mine is so, and I've been trying to avoid saying that at the beginning of my sentences for many, many years. And sometimes I'm successful, and if not, I edit it out of my podcast. But these aren't always necessarily words that can be really annoying if they're repeated too often. I prefer to call them disfluences because they interrupt the fluency of speech. It could be a crutch noise like um, er, um, er, that kind of thing. You could restart sentences that can get very annoying for the listener. That's when you, that's when you, that's when you restart a sentence two or three times before you finish it. Or you can repeat words when you, when, when you, when you repeat, uh, repeat words like that. That can be also very disruptive to the podcast listener. There could be silent pauses that are too long, which can also leave you gasping for the next word and can be quite annoying. Or long vowel sounds in the words that you say can also become quite annoying. Or repeated syllables, it it can happen occasionally. I mean, some some sometimes like this when someone does this a lot over and over again, it gets very very annoying. So, how to avoid doing that? Well. If you edit your own podcast, you should be aware of constant repetition of things that become annoying. Years ago, I was asked to be joint best man at a wedding in the UK, and I practiced the speech with another guy who was best man with me. And when I said my part, he said to me, okay, Craig, repeat that again, but without saying, uh, every five seconds. And I wasn't aware that I was saying it. And the fact that he pointed it out to me made me focus on it and gradually I stopped saying er every couple of seconds. So if somebody, see there I said so again at the beginning of the sentence, I'm trying to stop saying so. That's my crutch word. I think all of us as podcasters owe it to our listeners to work on this. We can learn a lot from radio people about the way they speak without these disfluences So let's focus on people who are doing this really well in the podcasting space. Let's focus on our own podcasts when we're listening back and editing. And we owe it to our listeners to make our podcasts the best that they can possibly be. Craig, thank you so much. Next up, we have Brad from The Cinema Guys. Hey, Dave. It's Brad with The Cinema Guys. I'm sending you my answer to your question of the month of a crutch word. Like, my crutch word is definitely like... I like say it a lot and it's been very hard to consciously stop saying it. Usually when I say it, it's in an easy spot that I can cut it, but that is definitely a word that I use a lot is, is like one of my co-hosts will say, so anyway, which he does it well enough that there's a pause before he says it. So there's a pause and then he'll say, so anyway, 
and then continue on. It's very easy to cut it out of the audio as I'm editing. I'm like, oh, here comes either an um or a so anyway. And those are easy to cut out. In our show, those are two crutch words that get used quite a bit. And our show, The Cinema Guys, can be found at wearethecinemaguys.com. Thanks a lot, Dave. Hi, Dave. This is Brenda Argano with the MyTech Tool Belt podcast. This is for your March question. Actually, my co-host and I both have crutch words. So mine is at the end of my statement, I say, right? So I obviously I'm either doubting myself or looking for validity. Um, so I'm trying to get rid of those and trying to be more mindful of that. But my co-host, since I'm doing most of the editing, I noticed that so often she was a big fan, big fan of this. No, she's a big fan of that. And so what we ended up doing was we turned it into a positive and we actually made, uh, had some fans printed with hashtag big fan and our logo. And we went to a conference and passed those out as giveaways. And I think they were pretty popular. So that was fun. And people were putting them in pictures and everything. So Anyway, that's how we turned a negative into a positive. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks, Dave. Brenda, I'm right there with you. If you've ever heard me speak live, I don't know why it is. That's where the right comes out. I don't know if I'm trying to make sure they're still with me or what. But when I listen back, I always like, ooh, that was about 500 times too many. Next up, we got Darwin Dave. Hey, Dave. This is Darwin Dave from the Dealing With My Grief podcast. Now, I know I'm a little bit late for last month's homework, uh, but my pet peeve, if I just throw this into you personally, is I don't like to be read to. Or if you read to me, don't make it sound like you're reading to me. But in terms of my crutch words, if I were Saturday morning cartoons, I would be Schoolhouse Rock and specifically Conjunction Junction. Oh, uh, dude, that was one of my favorites. I always wanted to play that in a band where it'd be like... Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up cars, making them. I love that one. That one, and I'm just a bill. Anyway, enough of that tangent. Because when I first started podcasting, it was all about conjunctions for me. Now, I was conjunction, junction, what's your function? See, you can't hear that phrase and not sing it. How many of you right now in your car started singing that the minute he said conjunction junction? That's hilarious. All right. Meanwhile, back to Dave. Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Sing it, brother. And and but were my two biggest crutch words. And I've seemed to have graduated from those to the word so. (laughs) And don't ask me why. But Since my show is not scripted and I just simply have bullet points I usually speak to, a lot of times when I find myself trying to transition from one thought to another, one bullet point to another, and I stop, I just somehow have to put the word so in there to sort of connect everything that I'm saying. So as I do that now, I intentionally slow down to sort of think about a little bit more what I'd like to say. And that has really helped me in the editing process. So the more I prepare my bullet points and what I want to say mentally, and the more I sort of practice that, it makes it easier for me to go ahead and let things or my thoughts easily flow. So I have less editing to do. But anyway, that's it for me, Dave. Take care. We'll talk to you later. And thanks again for everything you do for the podcasting world. And again, this is Darwin Dave 
from the Dealing With My Grief podcast. Thanks. Hey, Dave, this is Tim over at He Said, She Said MovieReviews.com, where we give quick, spoiler-free movie reviews. Do I have a crutch word? I absolutely have a crutch word. I absolutely use it all the time, and I have absolutely no idea how to stop using the word absolutely. Please, Dave, I need your help. Thanks a lot. And you can find Tim absolutely over at he said, she said movies.com. Hey, Dave, this is Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. And you can find my show over at thefootballhistorydude.com. Now, my crutch word, it used to be the word dude, because I mean, it's my namesake, right? I got, I'm the Football History Dude. I got to say dude all the time, but I got to the point where I was probably saying it way too much. You know, I was really forcing it. But naturally, when I have conversations, communication with people, I say dude a lot. So, what you know, that's how I kind of came up with the name of the show. But I realized it definitely was like forced upon. So what I did, you know, a couple ways that I reduced the chances of me saying dude in the show is first, I quit writing it into my, you know, prep work outline. Because sometimes I'd, you know, I'd, I'd write up stuff about the the different facts and figures and such. And then I would, you know, have some kind of idea for something I thought was funny and I would normally interject with the word dude because again the football history dude but through my second way of stopping it was I listened to the show many many times and then my grandpa one time he told my dad after he listened to the show he's like that guy says dude a lot so I was like yeah I I probably do say dude a lot but I've improved, I think, and, you know, just like anybody else in the NFL, you know, we got to look at the game tape, baby, because if you want to improve, you've got to review how you perform. So side note here, you know, this is my little promo. Did you know that Art McNally was the guy responsible for game tape review and evaluations of officials on the field that really boosted the performance of the officiating team? Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to know more about that, you head over to episode 54 of the Football History Dude podcast. So now you know my crutch word, or at least what it used to be. What about a phrase, though? Right now, I, and I might have even said it throughout this time, I have no idea. I say, you know, a lot, you know, at the very, oops, just did it right there. At the very end of my uh, sentences, I'll say, you know, just as out of a habit. And one kind of story I wanted to give you from work I was giving some bad news to the sales rep, and we had some kind of policy that we follow as our company, and it was something he wasn't going to like a whole lot. So I go through, I proceed to tell him all these things and stuff he's not going to enjoy, and then at the very end, I go, uh, you know, just like quick, you know, and he goes, no, I don't know. And it dawned on me, spawned light bulb moment, that it's not just the words that we say, but how we say them, when we say them, and in what context we say them, and how the recipient of our message is going to, you know, receive that message. So, dang it, I think I just said, you know, again, you guys got to help me out there. Listen to this show. But I will be working on this. I'm going to focus on the words that I say at the time that I say them and hopefully to the point of, you know, making the most, dang it, I did it again, making the most impact for the future. But with that, I'm going to end this show, not a show, this little question that you have here by saying, Something that's at the end of all of my episodes, the outro music, and it always goes, remember dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads. I'm curious, how many of your listeners just caught that reference? But if you want to know, go to the show. Well, anyways, I gotta say, also at the end of the show, I go this. I'm through if you're through. Peace. Thank you, Arnie, and we'll have some tips coming up in just a bit. Hello, Dave. Long-time listener. 
and I love your podcasts. This month's question struck such a chord with me, I had to pull the trigger and actually share my frustrations with you about being me. What is my crutch word? Um, uh, um, mm, uh, um, and, uh, and, um, I can trim five minutes of ums and ahs and ands off my podcast. And it has been so frustrating that it has stopped me from putting up my other podcasts I've done since September. That is a confession. It took me so many hours to edit out my ums and ahs and ands that the podcast sounded choppy, then I would try to redo it. Over and over again, I did it with notes. I had tips and pointers. I had the picture of the person looking at me like I'm just talking to that one person in the room, but it didn't stop me from umming and ahring, <laughs> I can tell you that. And then I just lost momentum because I thought most of the time the best version is often the first, the freshest, whether you had more passion, you know, where you had the mojo. And I do tend to um and ah when I'm trying to slow down my thinking. So did I sort it out? Have I removed that crutch word at last? I think I have. I'm going to give it a try anyway because I happen to listen to another podcast and the guy says he writes everything down, absolutely everything is scripted. He reads out his podcast because it feels more natural to him. And I thought, huh, I'm going to give that a crack. What have I got to lose? I have written out the last podcast I did that gave me the most grief, the one that was most disheartening. And uh, it's probably about 10,000 words. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. I just like writing. But I can break it up into sections that I can read from because I'm a person who literally types how I talk. So when I send an email, sometimes I have to go back and review how I've written it because words can be misconstrued and are different contexts when you're just writing. And I hope it'll work. I don't know. I'll know in a couple of days when I upload my next podcast, version 18, literally. My name's Nina Mears. My podcast is Farm Food Health. My website's farmfoodhealth.com.au. And it's just my online journey from being a web developer to an organic berry farmer and my discoveries about food, farming and health along the way. And I wrote this down and I read it out. Can you tell, Dave? (laughs) Thank you for being my favourite voice on a Monday. Bye for now. Nina, thank you so much for that. No, I could not tell you were reading because you actually then wrote in ums and ands. So that's kind of interesting. And we'll talk about that towards the end. We have some people who sent in some really detailed things you can do to try to get rid of these. Hey, Dave, Mark DeCode here from the Resourceful Designer podcast, as well as podcast branding, where I create visual identities for podcasters. My crutch word was basically, well, that was it. Basically. I never realized I said it as much as I did until a listener called me out and told me that I was using it a few dozen times per episode. Not only that, but she explained to me that the word basically has no use in the way I was using it. The sentences I was saying had exactly the same meaning whether I said basically or not. For example, saying I basically gave up and went home means the exact same thing as saying I gave up and went home. The word basically doesn't add anything to what I said. After she told me that, I started hearing how often I said it while editing my own show. And now that I knew about the problem, I started catching myself after saying it while recording. Now, since I'm a solo podcaster, I had the benefit of stopping, recomposing myself, and repeating what I had just said without the crutch word. 
And after doing that many, many times, I started catching myself before saying it and stopping myself. Eventually, I ended up stopping it altogether, or basically altogether. I want to emphasize that what helped me eliminate the use of my catchword was editing my own podcast. When editing your own show, you pick up on so many things you said that you have no recollection of saying when you recorded. And for anyone out there who doesn't edit their own show, try listening back to your raw, unedited audio and see what sort of things you pick up that you can improve on. Thanks, Dave. Hi, this is Mel from Be With An Engineer podcast. My crutch word that you wanted to know in March is, my one is so, whereas my co-hosts is um. And so what we did, I worked this out very early on in the recording, uh, we started to make a drinking game out of it. I, I introduced it at the beginning of every episode. I said, anytime Mel says so or Dom says um, have a drink. And, you know, sure, it'd be great if it was beer, but if they were in the gym or on the way to work or whatever, driving in the car, I was like, water is fine as well. So that just helped us understand and make aware for ourselves what our crutch words were. And while it hasn't gotten rid of it, as you've probably heard from this, we are still using them, but we're a lot more aware of them. And um has definitely decreased. So I just, I can't seem to shake it, but I've always got that drinking game in the back of my mind. Bye. <laughs> Probably one of the best answers. I always thought Joel Osteen, or as I refer to him as the happy Jesus man, I always thought they should have a Joel Osteen drinking game. And anytime he said Victoria, favor, blessed, uh, what's the other one he always talks about? Um, most high. Yeah, any of those, we'd all be hammered <laughs> listening to Joel Osteen. Hello, Dave and the School of Podcasting listeners. This is Mike Dell from Podcast Help Desk and podcast help desk news and my answer to the march question of the month what is my crutch word well i used to have all of the same crutch words that a lot of podcasters have the and um the um the uh you know that kind of thing but i've pretty much gotten rid of those uh, through just practice i guess you know, I don't edit nearly as much as some people do, so I tr- really, really, really try to get it right the first time. So here's what I've been doing for my current crutch word, which is the word anyway. For some reason, whenever I don't have a thought readily available, I'll stop and say anyway and go on from there. So what I've been doing is whenever I don't have a thought readily available, I just pause. And just leave a little silence in there. And that way, you know, I could edit it out later if I have a lot of pauses in a recording, which I do do. Anyway, that's my answer to the question. Catch me later. Thank you, Mike. You can find him at podcasthelpdesk.com. Hello, Dave, and hello, fellow podcasters. This is Stephanie from the Expat Rewind podcast. I have so many that I didn't even realize I had. For example, the repetition of so in my podcast is incredibly annoying. Now, sometimes it does have a very real function, and when I try to edit it out, it is a very awkward transition. But I also have a... Uh, um, Hmm, uh. Now, some of them are just continuing on conversation, but a lot of them are really 
unnecessary. So right now, my solution is editing, which is a pain. I did used to do this thing with my students when I was teaching language, especially uh, spoken language, obviously, where on a post-it, I would put the word that they kept saying. I'd write it on a post-it. I'd have the post-it near them and I would say, you know, put your finger on it. And when you feel the need to say that word, when you feel it coming on, because we all know it's happening before it comes out of our mouth, right? Then press your finger down onto it. So instead of it coming out of your mouth, the energy for the um goes into the paper. Why I haven't done this for my own recordings, I'm not entirely sure yet. But this question is making me think that it might be time to spend less time saying my crutch words that don't really give a lot of meaning to the questions and comments and different things that I say during the podcast. So it might be time. See? See, there it is. So <laughs> I think it might be time to take my own advice and create a little um button for my different my different crutch words to get rid of them. Thank you so much for the question, Dave. And thanks, everybody. Hi, Dave. It's Lee from This Is Rami, uh, the podcast all about Ramsbottom. Uh, so you asked about what is your biggest crutch word. The worst one for me by far is I can't release an episode of a podcast without actually saying, obviously. I think it's gotten so bad now that I probably say it about, I don't know, 10, 15 times an episode. And I'll try my best to cut it out whenever I can with some post editing, but they always slip in there. How have I got rid of it? I haven't really. Um, I, I, I notice it when it happens and I try consciously to, to not say it. Uh, it tends to be that I will more often than not end up saying the crutch word when uh, I go off script. I go a little bit rogue. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest crutch word is the word obviously. Thanks for everything that you do, Dave. And uh, thanks once again for all your continued support. Hi, Dave. It's the fabulous Lana. And my crutch word is not so much a word Except it is, you know, and I expect people to know things on a podcast. Yeah, right? It's not helpful. So um, my crutch word is, you know, but my bigger problem is I talk over people. And so I'm trying my hardest to let the guest speak and get get the answer before I nicely say can I jump in and for the longest time before I went back to journalism school which I'm doing now I used to talk over people and people have called me out on it so it's between you know assuming that people know things and talking over people. Anyway, you can find me at Ask When the Diary of a Fashionista. Welcome to journalism. And you can find me all over social media. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Thank you, Wynn. Remember, when you're doing an interview, the number one goal of an interview is to make your interviewee sound good not you sound good your interviewee now i actually use a pad and pen a uh, pen with no clicker on it and i take notes as i'm listening to them answer and that way if there's something i want to say i don't blurt in i don't cut them off i've got my little note and then i just listen to them because again that's the key to a good interview is listening and then when they're done talking i've got my little cue on my 
my pad there to write down and I can follow up then. Got one more with some more great tips. This is Kim Cradgy from Toastmasters 101. I have two solutions for filler words. One is fast, but it only works in the short term. And one is a long-term solution. The short-term solution requires a teenage boy, ideally 13 years old, a piece of paper, a pencil, and a bell, kind of bell that you hit on the top of and it rings. Write down on the piece of paper the filler words that you want to get rid of and hand it to the 13-year-old. Then sitting across the table from each other, have a conversation, and it doesn't matter what you talk about. Just plan to talk together for at least 15 minutes. Tell the young man that every time you say one of those words, he gets to ring the bell. In return, every time he says like, you get to ring the bell. This will take about 15 minutes, but it'll be good for a couple of weeks of eliminating your filler words because every time you say it, you know that 13-year-old boy is going to ring that bell. You'll start to hear it and actually learn to pay attention to yourself before you even say it. The second long-term solution is to join Toastmasters. Toastmasters is an international organization that focuses on public speaking. At every meeting, we have somebody there who is going to count all of your filler words. They count the filler words for every person in the room. Their attentiveness to your problem will help you figure out how often and where you're saying those filler words and give you suggestions of how to get rid of them. Toastmasters makes a difference for everyone who joins, not only in public speaking, but leadership skills. And that's what we need as podcasters. This is Kim from Toastmasters 101. Thanks, Dave, for all you do for podcasters. Thank you, Kim. And a couple things. Mine, by the way, is and um. I do that a lot. And um. And then my other one is, you know, you know, I say, you know, so fast, you know, you can't even hear it. It's just, you know. And so we've all kind of figured out step one of battling a crutch word is to acknowledge that you have a crutch word because many times we don't hear it. So here's what you can do to find your crutch word. And it's actually really easy. And I got to I gotta share uh, with a new line. I just heard about this on Monica Rivera. She does a show called You Want to Do What?, and I heard this phrase, and I'm like, I am so just going to borrow that. I love it. You ready for this? You can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. I was like, oh, that's a good one. I'm writing that one down. Love that line. And that's the problem. We're too close to hear our own crutch words because I don't. we just don't hear them. So here's what you do. Go back a month and a half. Go back a month and a half. And listen to an episode. Why? Because it's been a month and a half since you've thought about this information. It's been a month and a half since you've probably heard this information, unless you're listening to yourself every day. But it's there's enough space between you and that content to where you can now listen to it through, for lack of a better phrase, fresh ears. And you'll hear things that you didn't before because now you're listening for content instead of you're listening for hiss. And we just listen different. Podcasters listen different. And now, yes, we're listening for content. We're listening for flow. We're listening for volume levels, but we're also listening for crutch words. And because we're kind of sensitive to that, we might pick them up more because we haven't heard this content in a little while. Now, someone else brought up writing out your show notes as a script. If you want to do this, you can, but this is the key. You have to just write it like it's coming out of your mouth. Now, one of the ways you can do this 
is you can record it once with all the glorious ums and nos and basicallys and all the other ones in it. You can run it through a crappy, and they're all crappy for the record, transcription service. Now, if you want to spend a dollar a minute, who's got that kind of budget? You could run it through something like Rev, R-E-V, but there's otter.ai. It's free. You get six hours of transcription, I think a month, and you could run it through there, that which is now, again, written just like you talk. There's no grammar there. And there's also going to be all the ums and you knows that you can take out and then just read that. But the key is don't read it like it's on a piece of paper, because as Darwin said, he doesn't like to be read to. I don't know anybody that does that. So you have to put in a little voice inflection when you're reading so it doesn't sound like you're reading your script to people. So that can help, but it is time consuming. That's the bad news. The good news is you're going to flush out your ideas. Most of my shows now, these episodes for the School of Podcasting, I've written my show notes first because inevitably, if I did the show notes after I did the recording, I would come up with something and go, oh, I should have said that. So now I don't write out, I don't write out a script. I write out pretty robust show notes. But that's just because I'm trying to flush out the idea. So that is something you can do. And then the other one is just like Kim said, practice, you know, ring a bell. And uh, I think it was Mark that said that you should always, I think everyone should edit at least one episode of their own podcast. I know if you're like, no, 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 I'm hiring so-and-so. That's fine. If you want to hire Emily Prokop or Daryl Darnell or John Buchanan, there's tons of great editors out there. You should still do one just so you can find out all the things that you say and do that you can do. Now, here's the other thing. Why do you say, let's just use um, 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 it's because your brain is trying to figure out what to say. So that means one of two things. Number one, maybe somebody asked you a really good question and you're trying to figure out what the answer is. And there's this thing called an awkward pause. It sounds like this. And most of us are not happy with that much silence. So what do we do? We go, uh, um, you know, uh, hmm, gosh, hmm. And we all, we know all the noises and you have to get familiar. You have to get comfortable not making any noise. And the cool thing is when you do that, it's super easy to see. So that's one thing. We just have to get used to not making noise. I, probably reduced my editing. I did a show many moons ago. Somebody hired me to do a podcast on the history of makeup. They did not listen to me because I said, this is not a good idea. A, it's not good to have a guy read the history of makeup. And B, it it didn't tie in with their uh, overall goal, which was to drive people to a spa. It was very a very bizarre podcast. And it was a case where I had a client that for whatever reason, didn't listen to my suggestions. Not that I know everything, but I was pretty sure that wasn't going to work. And that's one where, well, I was right. And so somebody else would write the script and then I had to read it. Well, they don't write like I talk and I would just stumble over their words. And I learned that anytime I messed up, you just count to five, which sounds like a long time, but it sounds like this. And if you could see on my screen right now, there's a giant empty space there. It's so easy to see your mistake. So if you make a mistake or something you want to do, just pause for five seconds and then start again. And your editing time will be cut 
drastically because it'll be very easy to see that. Now, the other reason that we say things like, um, and you know, and et cetera, et cetera, and it's still the same. Our brain's trying to figure out what we want to say. And that is my other point. You haven't quite figured out what you want to say. And so that means maybe you could do a little more planning up front, especially the way you start off a topic and the way you end it. You should always have those pretty much set. You know what you're going to say, your main point, and then the end is going to be your conclusion and your summary. Right now, I'm reading the book Big Podcast by my buddy David Hooper. I'll be interviewing him very soon and coming on. And one of the things he does really good at the end, well, really the beginning and ending of each chapter is he starts it off good. And then at the end, his conclusions at the end of the chapter are awesome. If you haven't checked out the book, check it out. It's called Big Podcast. It's available at Amazon. And so without anything else, you should know how you're going to start your subject and how you're going to end your subject. And the rest is just the more you plan it and the more you're prepared, the less you're going to be going, um... Hmm, I'm not sure what bullet point I should do next, things like that. So more planning equals less editing. It's like a seesaw. If you picture a seesaw, you know those things. Are seesaws illegal probably at this point because they're fun? But it's a big board on a thing that it sits. It's a teeter-totter. Some people call it that. And um, you basically, the the more editing you do, uh, it's probably due to a lack of planning. The more planning you do, the less editing you have to do. So sometimes it's just a matter of being more prepared. And sometimes that just means saying out loud a couple of times. I think what Stephanie mentioned that sometimes it's the first one that's fresh. Record those. We're not wasting tape here. Go ahead and run tape and just tell yourself in your brain, this one's just a practice and do the topic. You'll be amazed at how many times, because this is the one you're not going to keep, and there's no pressure, that it just comes out great. As a musician, when I used to record in the studio, we always had our engineer record everything, and we'd always say, well, this one's not going to count. This is just my first one. And there'd be times when I would go in and play lead guitar over a musical piece, and inevitably, we would pick the one at the very beginning where there was no pressure. We're just getting levels, because after that, it was like, okay, this one counts, And the pressure of knowing the red light was on would just inhibit my playing. So record everything. And if you can, take the pressure off yourself. But really, the the bottom line is you have to know what your crutch word is. You also heard other people say slow down. Sometimes that's part of it because your brain can't keep up with your mouth. So slow down so your brain can keep up with your mouth. Practice. Acknowledge it. And like I said, go back and listen to an older show to pinpoint what they are, and realize that it may take a very long time for you to get this out of your vocabulary because it's. we heard multiple people today say, see, I just said it again. We don't even realize that we're seeing it. The other thing I want to point out here is we kind of start to wrap up. Because we hear these and because we find these irritating, there is a part of us that's going, oh, geez, every time you go, Well, you know, it's like nails on a chalkboard to us and realize that congratulations, you're now a podcaster. You're going to listen differently than anybody else. And nobody listens like we do. We're listening in a quiet room with headphones on. They're listening through earbuds, walking the dog. They're listening on the way to work. 
in the car. They're listening at the gym and they're trying to hear your podcast over the crappy music that they play in the gym. Why do they play crappy music at the gym? Nobody's listening to that. We all have our own headphones. I never understood that. But realize we're really, really nitpicky, which is good. You want to care about your audio, but we do listen differently. And sometimes that's not always a good thing. The bottom line is for me, this is where I'm going to inject my opinion here, but for me, your audio quality should be listenable, the best you can afford, and non-distracting. So if all of a sudden my volume started going up and down and such, that would be distracting. If there was a bunch of hiss, that would be distracting. If I sounded like I was in a cave, that would be distracting. And if um all of a sudden um I don't know. I just um, started saying um a lot. Well, um, that would be, um, I don't know, kind of um, distracting. That's when you have to worry about it. People say um, people say, you know, people say basically. Mark mentioned how he had a listener say, I think you're doing it dozens of times. That's a problem. But the occasional basically, the occasional so, the occasional anyway, that's the way we talk. And so I don't want people to obsess over this. I've seen recently where people are starting to obsess over things that really there are so much better, more important things to obsess over. And audio quality, I think, again, you want the best you can get. But when I hear people starting literally splitting hairs over frequencies, like should I cut beneath 180 hertz or should I go down to 150? And you're like, really? It's not like your audience is going to freak out because you cut out 30 hertz of, you know, uh, the audio spectrum. I always say on my weight loss show, if you're not hungry, food is not the answer. And if your audience isn't saying why your audio could be improved, I don't really think sometimes some of the things we do on that is going to help. I do agree with Craig that, like we said, when your crutch words become noticeably and they become annoying. That's when you have to worry about them. And what I do, and again, this is just my opinion, your podcast is yours. You can do with it whatever you want. I look for the low-hanging fruit. Let me give you an example. If I um, if I say something like that, I'm going to cut out the if, I, and the um. That's super easy, and there's nothing around it. But if I say something like, you know, sometimes you got to do the best you can do. Well, that, you know, sometimes you can do the best you can do. That, you know, is so just smushed in there. Or if I go, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to be sometimes when you run in a crutch word into a word, it takes so much time to literally bust out a scalpel and cut that out. I'm like, you know what? That's not low hanging fruit. I'm going to leave that in because most of them many times are words that you can cut out. So. The one thing I was worried about doing this episode is I don't want you to obsess over getting every single um and you know and every breath and things like that. But I did want to say you can cut down on these and we've all heard. Acknowledge that you have them. Try to figure out what they are and then slow down. And in many cases, just let a pause go in its place because that's what our brain is trying to do. So The other thing I wanted to point out with this episode is congratulations. I think we all can now say that we all have crutch words. And if you're like, oh, I stink at this. I'm awful. I'm horrible. Don't say that about yourself. 
We all have crutch words, and the minute we get rid of one, we're probably going to pick up a new one. And that's okay, because congratulations, you're human. And you're probably thinking, but Dave, what is the question of the month for April? And I will need this by April 26th. Had to look at the calendar real quick. And the question is, and I know a lot of you are going to say, no, I don't. And if the answer is no, I don't, I need to hear the answer. No, I don't. So don't think, oh, I don't have anything to contribute here. No is actually a an answer we need to hear if that is the case. And that is, do you pay anyone in any stage of your podcast to do something? Or are you a person like me? I'm a one-man army. I do. I am the producer. I am the editor. I'm the music supervisor, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. And if you're paying someone, and here's the thing, I don't want to know who you're paying, but I would like to know if you feel comfortable sharing it, how much you're paying. Because people are starting to ask this all the time. How much is it to get an editor? How much is it if I want somebody to do graphics? How much is it if I do show notes? How much is it for my website? So if you've paid for any process in podcasting, I would love to hear how much you're paying and and for what, but not from whom. And the reason you say, Dave, why not from whom? Because in some cases, let's say you hired ABC company and you've been with them for seven years and you're paying whatever, insert small amount here for them to edit your audio. Well, that's because you've been with them seven years and they never raised their prices. Now, somebody else says, I use ABC company and I pay a whole lot more. Okay, ABC company now looks like a jerk. So I don't really want those details. I would like to know how much you're paying if you feel like sharing that, because again, you don't have to share that. Really, we're just looking to hear, are you know are you paying for anything in the podcast process? And uh, this came up in the School of Podcasting Facebook group, because I said, hey, what's, uh, what's some good questions? So I got some other ones. If you have a question, by the way, that you go, hmm, I wish Dave would use this for the question of the month, I'm always looking for those, because this is something that I'm not good at. In terms of coming up with questions, I almost always have to ask somebody else and I go, oh, that's a good one. So again, I will need that by April 26th. And you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And there are multiple ways to contact that. If you're going to email me, the email is dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Please put April question in the subject line. Hey, I want to let you know where I'm going to be. If you're around these parts, uh, I would love to touch base with you. Uh, April 6th, I will be at the National Association of Broadcasters, better known as the NAB Show in Las Vegas. I'll be out there working the Lipson booth with uh, Rob and Crystal. That'll be great fun. Then June 8th, I will be at the Utah Podcast Summit. I'll have links to these out in the show notes. That's going to be fun. I've never been to Utah and I met uh, the Holyfields at uh, PodFest, and that makes me want to go out there even more because they were just really cool people. Then August 13th, it's the big daddy of them all, Podcast Movement. This is a huge one. This is, wow. And that's in Orlando, Florida. Going to be fun to go back. Last time I went there, I picked up an award that said Hall of Fame Podcaster. That was kind of cool. Then in September, 
I'm kind of bummed about this one because it overlaps with MapCon. You've heard me talk about MapCon. I, I went to the very first MapCon in a gym, and I've watched it grow over years. And unfortunately, I'm not going to MapCon, and they even moved it to uh, that one place you gamble on the East Coast. This is why it's not in my notes. Uh, Atlantic City. That is in uh, September, and I won't be at that this year because I'll be at the Military Influencer Conference in Washington, D.C., so I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going to be hanging out with my buddy Joe Pardo, but if you're in the uh, the New Jersey area or if you're on the East Coast, uh, check out MapCon. It's podcastminatlantic.com. I am not going to be at that one again. I will be at the Military Influencer Conference, and then in October, this is a new one. It's the Duyo. I guess is how you say that. Doyo, maybe D-O-Y-O, live. It's an event in Youngstown for digital marketers. And that one's almost in my backyard. It's about 45 minutes away. So I just, and I will be speaking at that one. I will be speaking at the Military Influence Conference. I don't know if I'm speaking at a podcast movement, but I will be there anyway. I'm speaking at the Utah Podcast Summit, and I am not speaking at the National Association of Broadcasters, but my buddy Rob Walsh from Libsyn will be speaking there. So that's always a fun one. The National Association of Broadcasters is just ginormous. That's going to be uh, a long day, a lot of talking, and uh, should be fun. Should have some fun stories from that. And it's Vegas. And uh, comparing uh, uh, Ohio in April to Vegas, uh, that's a no-brainer. So Thanks so much for tuning in. In uh, future episodes, I'm going to be interviewing David Hooper about his book, Big Podcast. And I'm just going to say this. If I were to write a book about podcasting, it would be uh, this one. There are two things in it that I kind of go, not sure if I agree with that. Uh, And maybe I'll talk to him about that when I have him on the show. But it's a good book. And that's available on Amazon. And then another thing I'm going to be doing in the future I have two topics. One is I'm noticing these little things that people are obsessing over that really won't do anything to grow your audience. And I'm starting to take notes on that. And the other one I'm going to do, because I get a lot of questions about it. I've talked about tips on how to you know, be featured on a podcast. I've talked about how to interview people. I've talked about how to be, I'm going to make what I like to now call a mega episode all about interviews and how to be a good interviewer and make sure that you get the best interviews and also make sure you end up with an interview that people want to share. So that's coming in the future. I'm starting to work on that episode. If you have anything you would like to hear me talk about, I kind of feel this is our show and it just, I'm the person organizing it. So if you have any ideas or something you would like me to talk about, uh, I would love to hear it. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. And until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.